0: three two one what's up guys welcome to the ted jones world podcast before we get into this episode this thursday as you're listening to this podcast guys we have the ted jones comedy show 145 bowery street moxie hotel lower east side january 19th guys check the link in this youtube video and let's get on to the episode eric what's up buddy how are you good to
1: see you ted jones dude yeah, A, a veteran yeah. In, the, in the comic industry Coming in from Soho? Yeah, coming from downtown um, This is actually, yeah, you, I'm usually a late bird But you know, this is early from
0: me. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, okay, I know I see you're out till super late running shows yeah. and everything Are you from New York initially? Yeah, yeah, from Queens originally What part of Queens? Forest Hills uh, Do you ever play uh, at the Forest Hills Tennis Center over there?
1: No, I knew they used to have shows there and stuff. Uh, were those like the Jewish shows or something like that? No,
0: I was just talking I was just talking about like the Tennis Center in general, oh, oh, where they to- had the U.S. Open.
1: Oh, you're talking about, yeah, I- no, there was something else. Yeah, you're talking about <laughs> where they have the fucking like Mumford and Sun.
0: You and Tom McCaffrey, did you guys grow up uh, in the comedy scene together, or how did you guys link and start yeah, that Yeah, I was, I was just
1: like, uh, we known each other for a really long time, and you know, we started doing shows again, shows years ago. Um and uh, yeah, and then we kind of reconnected maybe eight or nine years ago or something like that. And we started doing the LE2B podcast, uh, which is a great podcast.
0: I guess we'll start from the beginning. How have you seen comedy change since you got into the game? Like what, like 20 years ago or something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, close to that. Um, one of the big changes, I think, I, I mean, Tom, like he was always like kind of in the alt scene. And I, I was I wasn't really I was more in the club scene and stuff. I used to think there used to be a big difference between the two scenes. Uh, I don't think there's much of a difference anymore as far as what the comedy goes on there. I mean, I think that back in the day, comic comedy was so separate. Now everyone sees comics from every different angle and every different kind of, there's so many venues to see comedians with the internet and stuff like that, that I feel like that. I mean, I used to get worried playing alt rooms and now I, I have no problem with it. Why in the past would you get worried about it? Uh, because I feel like in those alt rooms, some of the people were like, oh, look at this guy. He's trying. He's doing jokes. Yeah, You know, you have to act like you don't really care. Right. Yeah, and
0: especially guess. you feel like at a bar show, maybe on the Lower East Side, in like the early 2000s, yeah. big people were not feeling that type of comedy.
1: No, because they're like, oh, look, he's like performing and stuff, you know. Um, that's, Tom used to always be good at that because uh, he never seems like he's ever trying. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's his thing. So he would do well with that. But like, I was like, I would get more worried about doing shows in front of a bunch of 20 year old hipsters than going into like Staten Island with like mafia guys. I could perform to those guys. Any <laughs> do, day.
0: You, do you feel like now it's different because TikTok allows everyone to kind of be their own performer and now people appreciate the shows no matter where they are.
1: Yeah. And I also think the hipsters now who uh, go to those alt clubs, Everyone now in New York is like a transplant from somewhere else. So someone comes from Nebraska and then they come to like Bushwick and they think that they're like a real hipster. They're just three weeks separated from being a hipster, you know, uh, from being a a hillbilly.
0: Growing up in Queens, I mean, was it cool to want to be involved in comedy? Uh,
1: No, I never even got into it till like after college. I didn't even think about it. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Harvard of the Hills. Oh, okay. SUNY Oneonta. <laughs> Dude, I literally thought Harvard of the Hills was no. like a, a branch of
0: Harvard. No, like, no. Let's
1: go to Harvard. The, the, one, it, it's not the best school. I think it's gotten much better. SUNY, no, time. it has.
0: I think it's one of the better SUNY schools Yeah,
1: though. but when I was there, the, the professor would literally, one of our professors made fun of the school. He would go, he goes, oh, welcome to Oneonta, the Harvard of the Hills. And he would roll his eyes because there was mountains up there and stuff. And he was like literally shitting on the school. And I'm like, you teach here, you fucking
0: <laughs> now everyone just calls it the Harvard of the Hills. No, no
1: one calls it that. <laughs> just this one professor. And I'm like, but he was he was literally shitting on the college. You
0: know? Rude. Yeah. You gotta get him fired, dude. Are you right a bit about him. This fucking guy. Yeah,
1: no, no. He was right at the time. Did
0: though. you do any stand up up there?
1: Nah. It was it was after college. I don't know why. I just kind of fell into it. Um <clears throat> I think it was like bringer shows. I fa- I fell into a bringer shows. Well, did you move into the city for a job after college and then you started to do the bringer shows? How'd that look? Yeah. Yeah. I did that. And I, I took a class and then I did a bringer show and it was the first show I ever performed at ever. And I've seen this a lot with comedians. The first show I ever did, I crushed, crushed. Well, you know? were your friends in the audience, friends and family? Only or no? a couple. I, I really planned my set and it was okay for the, like for a first, but I crushed, I think maybe the other comics on the show weren't good. I have no idea, but I've seen that before with brand new. A lot of times people's their first time on stage, they have this nervous energy and they will actually do really well. It's just the second and third and, you know, 500th time after that. I mean, I would bomb, after that. I was like bombing consistently for years. I quit for a while cause it was bombing so much, but the first time I went on, I killed or close to it, I guess. I
0: think that's also kind of just like you're so excited to go on for the first time. Maybe sometimes you have like a shot or two. Yeah, I think they introduce you up.
1: they introduce you as like is this is his first time on stage. So then people are like, "Oh, okay, the
0: endorphins are going." And then once yeah. you really get into it, you find out how difficult it is. But I've
1: seen I've seen it with comics in last year or two like their first time. I'm like, they, "It's just this weird magical nervous energy." And and then when you do that, then you feel like, "Oh, I got this." I'm awesome and then you don't realize that you are horrible but you don't know it. So,
0: did you have any moments in comedy where you, I mean, doing comedy sometimes in the Lower East Side, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't as safe. Was there any times you did comedy and you were like, yo, I need to get off stage right now and get out of here. Okay. Not even bombing wise, No, just safety wise. On stage? Wise. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I feel I felt feel more of that now after the, like the Will Smith thing. I feel like people oh, wow.
0: are a little more
1: aggressive. I've seen a lot of incidents where I feel like the audience seems to be a little more aggressive with the comedians. And
0: drinking late night too, I, that's, that's always an issue.
1: Uh, drinking late. Yes. Yes. Like comedy clubs. Um, so like there's, I've noticed it's always the late shows. A lot of times are on Fridays. You know, people are tired and they're either drunk or they're high. So what time do you think that is considered the late show? Like post 11 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, I did a show the other night. It was a late show and they were all high which was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. They, no one was laughing at the correct times. <laughs> but what I liked about it was- they're like
0: on Zoom laughing? Yeah. It was lag.
1: Yeah, but then I, but like no one was yelling shit and stepping on your lines. They just, it, I so I almost like that more in a way because when they're really drunk, it's like they just keep stepping on. You have to actually have to go faster on stage. I've told other comics, I'm like, don't pause. Even if you're like one of those slow comics, the second you pause they're going to yell shit and they're going to put in their own punch lines bro stuff. but
0: that, and then that's also like social media these days you know mm-hmm. like you see people like guys like mr beast every 2 seconds in a video it's like oh pop up here pop up here yeah. cut the time in between the and, and and all these things making everything super quick so and people are
1: yeah they, they have guess a the short used to attention that. span yeah and it's sad because i feel like the 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 the, the comedic pause has kind of gone away in comedy because i feel like people just can't wait you know um, but there are certain comics who can really command the room. And, like, like Tom is an example. He goes slow. You know, and he but he's very experienced, so he can kind of command the room so people really won't jump in as much. But I've seen newer comics, and they're, like, they hold, and, you know, people see that they're not that experienced, and they just fucking jump in.
0: Well, going faster, that reminds me of a guy like Robin Williams, who mm. I think it was known pretty well that he used to do cocaine before you go on stage. Oh, yeah. So... Were a lot of comics, I guess, like years ago doing shit like that and you could tell? Uh, as, opposed to, as opposed to comics now, we'll smoke weed and go on stage. I don't think any comics nowadays are, you know, that like they're doing cocaine before they go on stage. No,
1: no. But um, let's see. Well, I, years ago, I once did uh, Molly before I went on stage. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a great idea. And yeah. it, was, it was
0: not. How uh, long before did you do the molly? I I, I wanted to time it right. Look, like whatever an hour, <laughs> or
1: whatever. So I was, so I was like, all right, I, this is gonna be cool. I'm gonna go because I was still. I had so much stage fright for years. I had horrible stage fright. So I go, if I take the molly, I'll be like so happy, and I'll be like everyone will love me. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out that way. I went on stage. I couldn't even speak. It was it was ridiculous. So don't do molly. Before yeah, you're on don't stage. do.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Don't do Molly before the show. No, but I feel like some comics now feel comfortable smoking a little bit of weed, drinking oh. like a drink or two. But I, I don't think I'm not like that. I no, don't like I'll have a or beer or two before, be-
1: before yeah. I go on stage. And I, I, would say there's a good amount of comics that uh, they uh, smoke up before they go on stage. So I don't care as long as they can perform. Yeah, know, dude. Exactly. As long
0: as yeah, that's also the beauty of comedy. Nobody really tells you what to do if you're doing right. things correctly or doing well.
1: I have. I did see one guy once a few years back where. He always had to smoke up right before he went on stage. And I think this one time he just went, it was too much. Cause 'Cause he smoked too much or didn't have the the weed? No, he just, I'm sorry. He smoked too much. He just, it was just too much. He smoked and he went on stage and you could see for the first minute, he just couldn't like speak. And then he kind of came back to earth. And I, I asked him after the show, I'm like, a little too much. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of shows like in the West Village. There's a lot of NYU kids there. And a lot of Ooh. them are very woke. And Really? Yeah. Even on sensitive shit? When things first opened after the pandemic, they were insanely sensitive. Because it had, they, didn't, they didn't even know how to be a comedy audience. It, it had been a year before people could go inside and see comedy shows. Right. And all that stuff that was going on during the pandemic with the protests and everything... So for the first few months after the pandemic, I was getting groans on every joke. And I was almost thought, I'm like, I, I may have to quit because I, I think I'm, it, it's passed me by. It's they're so sad, I wasn't even saying anything bad. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I almost wanted to go on stage and go tell me what to say because I have no idea what to say anymore. I feel like six or eight months later, people understood. Yeah, it's okay, this is comedy. You, you have to laugh at some things. I'm not offensive, but it was a point where I like everything you would say that you would get a groan. I'm like, I don't even know how this is offensive at all.
0: What if bars started to put like holographic machines where the stage would be and bring in some of the best comics in the country who don't Uh, live in New York? Yeah.
1: I mean, it'll, one day that will happen. You know, I, during the pandemic, did you do
0: zoom shows and shit? I ran a zoom show
1: and it's still going on. I don't run it anymore, but I really believed in it and I would, you would make some money doing it. People would hit you up. And go, hey, you know, the shows weren't great, but like, hey, you want 50 bucks? And- well,
0: but let me ask you this, Eric, because other comics who've come on here, said that they don't like Zoom shows mm-hmm. as much. Do you like it because you were running it and you felt like you got good feedback from the audience? Because the comics, I don't know if they like yeah, performing. On it.
1: I always thought the Zoom shows were better for comics who are good joke writers um, because it's not about being performing. You can't. There's no bells and whistles. You write good jokes. If a joke it works really well on Zoom, unless it's like Zoom related, it's gonna work well in front of an audience. And I came over with a lot of jokes during the pandemic that work really well. There was a lot of stuff I had on Zoom shows that didn't work at all, but um, I, I kind of feel like a lot of comics were kind of pussies and they're like, dude, you know, this is what we have to do right now. Things are really Totally, gonna, totally. Things will open up eventually, but you know, I believe in it. I feel like the technology is not there yet, but eventually if you're a comic, there'll be so many ways to make money where you can just not yeah. even leave your house and do shows where it
0: is right now. Like the only place to realistically do stand up and get up as many times as you need to get up is New York city. I mean, yeah. you, you can't be anywhere else. Even yeah. when I've spent time in LA, it's like seemingly impossible to do more than two shows in a night. Cause you're going to get traffic somewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, gone out there and I'll book a bunch of shows and you know always like guest spots and stuff and like oh I got... You know, I, I call in favor, so I'll get, like, three or four spots in a night, you know, which is not. Can you make it to those, though? No, but by the uh, second one, I go, When where's this next place? And they go. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. literally, dude. North Hollywood to Venice. Yeah, and I go, well, they'll it'll go. take uh, a day. Yeah, they go, They go. oh, it's uh, five miles away. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> and then you GPS it, and it's, like, an hour and a half. You're like, fuck yeah, this. Yeah, bro. And then sometimes
0: and it, the GPS isn't even right. Like, yeah. it'll take way longer than that. I remember I left uh, the hotel that we were staying at. To go to North Hollywood, and it said it was like two point five miles. It'll take twenty minutes. Perfect. We leave uh, an hour before the show, thinking it's going to take twenty minutes. Ends up taking forty five. Yeah. And then I also seem super unreliable when I'm telling the person that I'm going to, like, oh, I'll be there in fifteen minutes. The way says fifteen minutes, and then it ends up being. 30 uh. minutes. When in New York, it's almost impossible for something like that to happen because the subways are on time, your legs are on time, you know how long the Uber is going to take because mm. there's not unpredictable traffic everywhere so i mean I, I always harp on how much i love new york bro as i'm
1: sure you do yeah me. i mean if you like if you want to be a comic it's not it wasn't the best place to start i don't think you don't think so no i i always think the best place to start is like your home area get good and then you move to new york because when you start in new york people see you really bad they see you they see you, it's bombing and some people never forget that Really? You know? And you have to like, like I, that's why I never sleep on a comic. Cause I'll see some comics who are horrible. And then a few years later, they're amazing. You know? It almost Yeah. It almost seems like if, if comics just stick with it, stick throughout oh, yeah. the years of
0: bombing, like it's hard not to get good.
1: Every comic. <laughs> yeah. Every comic. I mean, you want to name comics <coughs> that are crushing it now. That they, weren't
0: so great initially. Well, is that what you
1: mean? But not even that. Just, just, just next level. I mean, a lot of these guys had talent anyway, but like, like Mark Norman or like, Sam Morell and stuff like that. Like, no, they were, I always saw them good, but like they worked insanely hard. Like great. Like the w- reason why they're w- where they are is because of how hard they worked. They would just do cra- um, crazy amount of shows. Like Mark Norman, that guy would do like, he would just do every fucking show. Like every show. So
0: you know? Jared waters, who's uh, Another coming one. on, coming on in uh, three days, actually. Yeah. I saw his notepad section on yeah, his yeah. phone, bro. He did over a thousand mm-hmm. shows in 2022. Mm-hmm. And his goal was to do two shows a night. So obviously next episode we'll talk to him about that. But
1: like, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, the people who really love this and want to be famous, not even famous, just want to do this. They wanna just want to be as good be, as they can. Yeah. And they also want to be on stage all the time. Yeah. You know, like uh, Jared's an example of that, you know, like Ian Lara was another one who's like, you know, they just want to perform all the time. They don't fucking dude, care. Dude, some people no. won't get up a thousand times over their 10 year
0: career. Yeah. There's, it's almost a sure thing like to be, if you're not in New York city, like if you're anywhere else and you get a hundred shows in a year, you're like, you're fired up. You get like two or three shows a week. Wow. That's great.
1: And especially like, I don't know, have you ever had multiple uh, shows in a night? I'm sure you have. Yeah.
0: Not more than two though.
1: Yeah. So if you like, I always feel like for some reason, every day you, you turn over and you're, you're kind of like your first show, you're still kind of rusty a little bit. Even, though, even if you performed yesterday. I don't know why. This is just my theory. Okay. So then you get that one done, the first one, and then you do the second spot, and you're like, oh, I'm getting warm here. If you get to that third spot, you're like on fire. Right, you right, are right, just right. on fire. And then... Then after that, for me, it's almost like diminishing returns. And four, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. And I've had spots where I do like six. And by the time I get six, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying Right. Anymore. Do you
0: find yourself kind of repeating stuff? Yeah, you're, you're like, like, did oh, I say whatever. this? Like, you don't know yeah, yeah. what show this is. But yeah. some, some
1: guys can. They'll, they'll feed off that and do... Five or six,
0: but do you ever see Aaron Berg's uh twenty five sets on Amazon? Yeah, I remember when he was doing that. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. I watched it like three months ago. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Aaron Berg, I mentioned him in the beginning uh of the episode. Great comic, works at the stand. Yeah. He put out a special type situation on Amazon Prime where he did twenty five yeah. sets in one night one Saturday and um in New York. It was crazy. Were you part of that night? Were you working that night?
1: No, I I, I think I saw him at one of the places. Yeah. They were, just, anyway, they were bro. like shuffling him around. Yeah, in like yeah a dude started at, started at
0: 430 in Queens yeah. and then ended at, at uh, like 245 in Times Square. Something crazy. Yeah. 25 sets. And I think he was saying, yeah, but I'm not sure which set he started like just blanking, but I think probably, yeah, like you said, like five, six, you kind of just, I don't even know what the disconnect is from five or six to 25. No, yeah, <laughs>
1: I mean, he's so good at crowd work, too, so right, he, right, he could right. just crowd work through one set anyway if he wanted, if he, like, forgot shit, you know? So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, I like, I like, kind of, like, that record. That that was a... The, the record I never used to like was when uh, those big guys, um, like, was it Chappelle and Dane Cook, and they were, like, doing, like, nine-hour sets. Do you remember that years ago? No. Yeah, this was, like, ten-plus years ago. I guess there was a record for the longest stand-up comedy set, and then... Chappelle started Nine hours Yeah it was, it was like five hours And then Chappelle did like six And then Dane Cook did seven And um, I always thought Yeah I don't know if they're really doing stand-up for nine hours y- You're not really doing stand-up for I don't nine know
0: hours. Well Chappelle now Every time he goes up It seems like He is not doing anything less than an hour Oh yeah I mean
1: he's one of those guys that I probably His nine hours I think Was probably better than anyone. Like when he stops
0: in at the stand He's doing at least two hour shows Sometimes yeah. even longer than
1: that it's but, great. you know, if you do, if you, once you hit a wall, then you're going to kind of get tired and you are like, are you know, taking breaks a little bit. Did you
0: release an hour special? No. You ever think about doing it?
1: I want to work on that. Yeah. It's my next move.
0: YouTube or what are, what are, you, what are your thoughts about streaming process or how YouTube is growing? Do you have any thoughts there? Um, Media wise?
1: Yeah. I think all that stuff is good. Uh, TikTok, YouTube. I feel like that just those guys who just put out their own specials. Um, If
0: you really, if you have like a good fan base, it seems like that could be the move, you know, instead of getting that one fat paycheck from whatever it is, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, you continuously make money day after day, the more views again.
1: And I think those paychecks now are going down. I mean, maybe Chappelle. For the streaming, you mean? Yeah. Maybe Chappelle will get the 20 million, but for everyone else, Netflix already said that we're like, we're not paying this money anymore to, to like just comics.
0: And then I saw that YouTube bought the rights for NFL Sunday oh yeah billions yeah. of dollars yeah. so it seems like youtube's i don't want to say slowly taking over the game but they're attracting a lot of attention just every all
1: the money that they're putting into it shorts as yeah. well i mean just anything but i do think you recording it and if some, no one buys it i mean you have to give some shit away for free that's what you do on tiktok and that's it and that's you what, what
0: we do like almost every night yeah. in comedy and, we'll and, and this shit for free. you know
1: yeah. so i mean it's I don't, the days, you know, I even remember when people would tell me they would get those Comedy Central specials and it, they would give them like 10 grand or something. And, I'm and like,
0: that seemed like back then, or I don't know how many years ago you're talking about, but it seemed like that was the only thing for comics to get. Was that like 30 minutes or an hour
1: Comedy Central special? Yeah. And that's not a lot of money. I think, especially if you have a manager, or agent or taxes. So it's like, what did you really get? And you just kind of burned all this, but you got a lot of exposure on Comedy Central. Yeah. You know, cause they would show the shit over and over again
0: now i think yeah now it just seems like it's a youtube channel comedy central yeah no
1: yeah i think that uh i mean they've had some difficulty i think netflix kind of passed them a little bit but
0: what's been the best moment in comedy since you've been in new york doing it my best moment yeah bro broad question digging back in those memories bro
1: no i just always think of the bad stuff because it's funnier well what about the good stuff though bro yeah there's always a lot of good all right well then what i guess the bad stuff if it's funnier the, the ba- I just like telling bad stories about oh. comedy. Uh, uh, one time I was on stage and someone vomited on me Vomited on me Projectile Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Distance Yeah, in fairness, he, he was laughing He said it was a. Oh my god, he said it, was it was a, a laugh le- vomit Yeah, he did say that, but still <laughs> As a comedian Well, it's like good luck, like when you get shit on by
0: a bird, right? You're like, yeah. oh, well, I guess this is good luck <laughs>
1: Yeah, you have to make a joke. Like, I, you know, this is I get. And you're like, oh, I guess the, not everyone in the crowd like me, you know? Uh, All right. But yeah, I've seen so much of that stuff. I and mean, I just like the bad stories more. I mean, they're just because it's, so, it's, it's so funny when you bomb too. I think it's hilarious. And once you reach like five years, everyone's always bombs. But when you hit a certain level, you kind of always know why you bombed. That's always the way I feel like. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's not your fault. The people are like don't blame the crowd. No, sometimes it's. The some, crowd. No, no, I, I would, I would say that. Uh, there too, are some yeah. really fucked up crowds that you know. If Chris Rock wasn't famous, he couldn't do well in front of you know. It's like a fucking it's like a riot. Going That's on something there, that really. I
0: think also is a disconnect that like when people go and see a specific person, they're going to laugh because they like that person. But when you go to a comedy club and this guy comes on stage, your mindset in the crowd is like arms crossed and be like, all right, bro, see, see if yeah. you can make me laugh.
1: Yeah. So when you, go and you
0: see like Dave Chappelle or hopefully you go, you see Ted Jones, you already like me. You're ready to laugh at anything I have to say.
1: Oh yeah. Maybe in a certain crowd, I'll start it as, as a two, but it's my job to turn that to a 10
0: How do you mean just like based off of, Oh, look at this guy on stage. What do you look at? Yeah. You know,
1: and you know, and you could be the perfect person where like, they look at you and you're like, you started at 10, but you could take that to a two if you suck, you know? And people after the first minute go, Oh, this person is every thing that I want to see as a comic, but actually they're not funny. And they it'll take a minute, but they'll realize. So,
0: and that's the thing I think about every specific person that goes and sees a comedy show. Like they can laugh at whatever they want to laugh at, right? Because you know you're not like with your girlfriend on the couch, like, oh, babe, have you seen this funny movie? Okay, wait, babe, this is such a funny scene. <laughs> like everything is new, so you're like you kind of you can decipher when you want to laugh at what you want to laugh at. And uh, I think that says a lot for comedy clubs because of the light in there and sometimes you talk about these alt shows some of these bar shows bro it's as bright as in here yeah, so yeah, the person sitting next to me if i'm a, an audience member and the comic makes an a racy joke like i don't know if i want to laugh if there's a puerto rican person sitting next to me with yeah this guy just made oh a yeah rican there's a lot joke. of that
1: yeah like the or if like sometimes they look to see if the black person's laughing <laughs> <It comes laughs> yeah make sure laugh. he's
0: laughing okay good now we can yeah laugh.
1: but yeah there, there's so much of that and I, I i think that um but also i notice a lot a lot of shows I do, there's a lot of women in the crowd. I feel like that's stand-up comedy is kind of like a safe place for Well, it's kind
0: of trendy though, bro, doing it in West Village and Soho, like where you're at near maybe NYU.
1: Yeah, but I also see like groups of w- women and I, this is my theory on it is that you know, women sometimes are just tired of going to bars because they just get hit on all the time, you know, so they want to go out with their friends and not be annoyed. So they'll do, go to a comedy club and I'll see that. I'll see shows where it's like 90 percent women. Wow. So then I'll, I'll start that. to go through some of my jokes with some of the female comics. I'm like, this might be a little sexist. What do you think? And they'll tell me. I'm like, OK, I'm not using that.
0: It's unrelated. But I saw Harvey Weinstein was in the audience. Oh, and this I remember girl that. Called him out. That was great. That was yeah. fresh.
1: Yeah, when I saw that girl who was really, what was her name? The one who got beer through at her from the Trump person? Oh, no, I forget. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, our, we, we're popping her up right here. Popping her up right yeah. here. Yeah. No worries. I can just tell by
0: your jokes you voted for
1: Biden. Then the 33-year-old comic came back with this zinger. I can tell by the fact that you're still talking when nobody wants you to that you voted for Trump. Make some noise if you want her to shut up. <laughs> Then it happened. The heckler's husband chucked a full can of beer right at her. But she had, she, did, she they threw a beer at her and she missed and she was great. And then she got like a late night TV show for that, which was pretty cool, you know? So I had a theory that someone, should, if I want to go on stage and have someone throw a six pack at me, So then I can have six late
0: night (laughs) you go. Does it work like that? Yeah, exactly, yeah, like a six pack of beer, the Natty Ice. (laughs) Did you have any side gigs working in the
1: city in comedy? Oh yeah, all the time, yeah. I was working in an office for years. It was the fucking worst. What kind of stuff were you doing? Mostly advertising, I just hated it. And I always tried to hide the comedy for people in the office because wow, interesting cuz they're like, "Oh, let me come do a show." Yeah, and then they are like, they want you to be funny and I'm like, "I'm but not not going to be funny." Did you I,
0: find it was easier though to hide it back then? Um, like before Instagram got huge and before TikTok got big cuz you would just do no, it at night, people No, people found
1: out pretty pretty quickly. Really? Yeah. I mean, and even in the last 10 years, like I was at an office job and you know, they someone would find you on YouTube or something like that. And I'm like, "Motherfucker." Yeah. You know? Um, but I just always hated that because then they think you're the funny guy in the office and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, it's I'm like not. maybe
0: funny that that's always right. If you tell somebody, somebody you're a comedian, they're like, yeah. Oh, tell me a joke right now.
1: Your family support your comic dreams initially. Yeah. Yeah. They used to come to shows when I needed when I do those bringer shows where you had to bring people.
0: For those of you who don't know, why don't you explain what a bringer show is? A
1: bringer show is a show where if you want to, when you're a new comic, you need to get on stage. You have to bring people to the show so they can fill the audience. It's how you got on stage, basically. So I would bring my parents a lot, and uh, they hated it so much. <laughs> really? Yeah, they just got tired. And then when I moved past that, then they wanted to see me, and they would always go, hey, can we see you now? And I'm like, no, I'm, no, I don't wanna, because hey, you, you were performing in front of your parents? Yeah. It's the worst, <laughs> yeah. So they're like, oh, you only wanted us, you only invited us when you needed us to come. I'm like, yeah, exactly that, I used you. Yeah. You have siblings? Yeah, he he would come to, one sibling. He would come to a show too, here and there. I don't. do You like family members at shows?
0: I don't mind it to be honest. I really? to, yeah, I really just like put a wall in front. I like the atmosphere, and then maybe the friends will come. They're like good connections for me. My family is are good networkers. I'd say because like they're, it seems like their friends are always interested in going to comedy shows, which is nice. Oh, you know that's what I mean? Good, yeah. So I don't put on like. I don't really focus on who's in the crowd right i just rather there are seats in the crowd which is it's tough sometimes like you talk about bringers and i understand that all these comedy clubs need to make money bro like it's tough and some yeah. of the comedy clubs who were open during the pandemic they still have six months of rent to pay that oh, yeah. they weren't able to you know gather money on so, i have nothing
1: against these things yeah. <laughs> they, they keep the fucking lights on
0: yeah place, definitely so. not so
1: i think like while it seems political it's just what you gotta do sometimes if you're really, if you're really a comedy person. Yeah. And I was telling some of this the other night too, is that like when you're a brand new comic, you do open mics and they can be so miserable. Those bringer shows give you an opportunity to perform on a real show in front of a real crowd and you'll get a good response and it kind of keeps you going. Because if you just kind of, a lot of people just start in the open mics and they can be so miserable. Yeah.
0: What are your What's your opinion on open mics? Let's say somebody who's listening to this podcast have obviously listened many times because you're a fan of the pod, but just getting into comedy on the ground level.
1: Yeah, I think open mics are great. I didn't like doing them because I didn't like performing in front of comics because I just, I just, I just didn't like it.
0: But do you find that that's something you gotta you gotta learn to love? Yeah, yeah.
1: But the problem is comics always laugh at the things that audiences don't right, like. That's true. You know smart references maybe or really dark jokes and sometimes the jokes are so dark no real crowd you know or the like if you melt down on stage every comic likes to see another comic meltdown on stage it's hilarious it's i've meltdown i've had meltdowns on stage i watch other people it's so funny um but you see the transition these guys do the open mics and then they start doing real shows and i'm like you're a performer now and your open mics are, micers are like your friends. It's like performing in front of your friends who kind of know all your inside things. These are complete strangers. And you can't start with an anal rape joke. You can't yes. do that. You can't start with a Holocaust joke. They have to know you first. I mean, you could do those jokes, but they better fucking like you first, you know? And uh, you see that. You see these guys. They'll, I remember there was one show I was on he, they put this guy on and he goes, This guy is the king of the open mics. Hey. And then I was like, oh, this guy's going to bomb that. <laughs> and he, yeah, he did. Yeah,
0: That's funny yeah. with the pressure wise. Like I remember I heard Louis C.K. talk about he brought on Jerry Seinfeld on the stage one time. And he's like, this is the funniest comic working right now. Jerry went and did like an hour and then came off stage, went up to Louis and was like, don't ever put pressure like that oh, on someone yeah, ever again. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, but I think the guy wanted to be identified. As the uh, he <laughs> he came on stage like. Yeah. When the second he said that, everybody, every comic was. All rooting for this guy to fail. It was just oh, you couldn't. Man. You give yourself an intro like that. I mean, it, not ironically, which I don't think he was. Yeah, but, uh, that's what
0: I mean. The king of open mics, <laughs> <Yeah. rice>, literally. <laughs> Eric, bro, thank you so much for coming oh, on cool. the podcast. Before we get out of here, we're popping up your Instagram right here. So please let us know your Instagram.
1: Uh, e R I K B comic. Uh, Eric B comic on Instagram.
0: Absolutely. Guys, check the link in this YouTube video and we'll get Eric on a Ted Jones comedy show very soon. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.